You are listening to the Captain's Coach Podcast, where we provide top insights into sports leadership to inspire team captains to lead their teams more effectively and help coaches to systematically develop and use them. Now, here's your co-host, Luke Poulos. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Captain's Coach Podcast. I am your host, Luke Poulos, and today I had the pleasure of speaking with Jordan Stevens. Jordan is currently an assistant coach for the Cornell lacrosse team, where he was a two-time All-American and senior captain. He brings a great perspective to the show, having been a captain just three years ago, and now having the opportunity to develop those same leaders in the Cornell lacrosse program. Today, we'll talk a lot about the importance of giving your leaders the chance to express themselves, creating a winning culture, some steps coaches can take to develop leaders over the four-year period, how emotional intelligence is the key to being a great captain, and how to influence your team and overcome adversity, along with much, much more. I really hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did, as this is one of the longest episodes we've had to date. Without further ado, here's Jordan Stevens on another episode of the Captain's Coach Podcast. Jordan, welcome to the show. Great to have you on. Luke, thanks for having me. Yeah, it was, uh, it was good to get connected with you through through one of our good friends, Brendan Medeiros. He was a teammate of mine at, at West Point and a good friend of yours growing up. Yeah, Brendan's a stud. He, uh, he's been a good friend of mine for a while, as long as I can remember. Uh, any, any favor for him, I'm, I'm all in for, and in all honesty, and uh, getting to know this podcast a little bit and just talking to you recently. Uh, I'm not surprised that he, he thought this would be a good idea. seems like this is something that uh, – you know, he, he's, he's into, you're into, and I, I love this so far, man. Just like I said, getting to know uh, this podcast a little bit over the past couple of weeks uh, or days, it's, it's been great. Yeah, great to hear. So, Brennan, if you're listening out there, thanks again for the, uh, for the connection and the assist on this one. Um, but, uh, Jordan, you're one of the first people we've had on here that's been so closely removed from their experience as a captain and now in the role of a coach. Um, so we're going to bounce around a little bit with my questions, um, getting your perspective, not only as, as your time as a captain at Cornell, but also now as an assistant coach. But just to start off, um, Cornell is obviously an extremely prestigious institution, uh, historic uh, uh, lacrosse program. So if you could just give some insight on some of the fundamental values and principles that you preach as a coaching staff and as a lacrosse program at Cornell that really encourage leadership. Yeah, of course. It's something that we spend a lot of time thinking about, working on, revisiting. It's it's a really important piece of, of who we are and what we do. And even before I get to that, I, I got to uh, give the, this credit to even just the Cornell lacrosse in general, uh, but also you know Pete, uh, Connor, and Kevin, and you know, Mark Whitting or, or other assistants and coaches on staff, guys who uh, it, it's a pleasure to work with. I mean, everybody, I'm, I'm pretty lucky. We're, we're pretty devoted to, to doing things what, what we view as the right way. And we kind of joke about this all the time. We'd love to say that we kind of invented the, this culture of Cornell or came up with it or you know, master, we're the mastermind behind it, but it's just always been this way. It's been a group that uh, just tries to win in the locker room first. Uh, we're, we're not really ever going to be the most talented team, but just a group that really is focused on being the best teammates we can be to start. And then you know, that usually turns out to be a pretty good strategy to win. But uh, for us, we, we really like to, for, 
for our staff, you know, towards our, our team, we really like to define and what it means to, to be a part of our group, what it means to be a part of our, our program and team. And uh, we just think that it, it helps in, you know, our ability to hold them accountable, right? We we're lucky enough to coach guys who are motivated, who want structure. So, you know, we, we provide that structure for them. We make it really clear, uh, you know, what it means to be a Cornell lacrosse player, both in the big picture and then kind of boiling that even down to day-to-day -day habits. You know, what do you have to do to be a contributing member of our, our program? So, for us, uh, we were, you know, we, after a lot of work and a lot of thought, we kind of boiled it down to just a few things that uh, we wanted our guys to focus on. Uh, our expectations for them are, are pretty simple, but uh, simple doesn't necessarily mean easy. I mean, we ask them to operate at a pretty high level uh, all the time, right? Not just on the field, you know, just kind of throughout their whole life. It, it's, um, you know, devoting them themselves to a full lifestyle. So boils down to their work ethic, uh, their ability to be a great teammate, and then just their pride and accountability, uh, valuing. Uh, their their ability to take care of small details with great precision. So there's some overlap there, definitely. But uh, you know, in terms of work ethic, that one's pretty straightforward. Being a great teammate, uh, you know, there's there's ways for us to be great teammates, ways for us to be good teammates, bad teammates. We just choose to be uh, as strong as we can. There, it's something that again we're pretty prideful on. And if any of those three stand out more than the other, uh, it's probably this one. Uh, and then again, you know, pride and accountability. We're proud of who we are. Uh, we're not you know we're not just trying to be a team that focuses on small details, but we're proud of it too. Uh, not boastful and they're not shoving it in everybody's face or, or anybody's face, excuse me, but uh, just prideful in it, you know, within, uh, within our walls, within our world. So uh, for us, we just kind of think that this teaches, uh, teaches our, our guys the process to win, whether it's lacrosse, life, school, uh, life after, you know, life after Cornell, whatever it may be. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's a process, right? It's an ability to teach yourself how to overcome obstacles. And that's kind of where, where the opportunity for leadership comes in. I mean, it's easy to do these things when we joke around it's sunny, sunny in 75, which rarely is up in Ithaca, but uh, when it gets cold, when it gets tough, when school picks up, when, you know, when other opportunities present themselves, maybe things that are a little more glamorous, you know, are you still able to, you know, to operate in that small, simple world, but at a pretty high level. So uh, that's kind of where those opportunities for leadership come in, right? Cause you get 50 ish guys on a team. Uh, you get everybody pulled in different directions of school, girlfriends, life, you know, social life, social activities, all, all that stuff. Uh, once those obstacles show up, that, that's where leadership presents itself and, uh, or excuse me, the opportunity for leadership presents itself. So for us as a team, um, what we're preaching is just, you got to be your best at all times, but usually our leaders just turn out to be the, the guys who are most intense and competitive when it comes to, you know, kind of filling those three roles or, or checking those three boxes. Uh, they're guys who trust their instincts, but really they're, they're just intense competitive teammates that, uh, focus on on maybe again that that simple lifestyle, but just doing it at a high level all the time. So uh, for us, again, we we just think that it's helpful to clearly define what we're looking for. It helps us and it helps us be able to to hold them accountable to it. And then again, like I said, our, our guys want structure. They want to be pushed. They're motivated. They, you know, they want to operate at a high level. They're you know they're here to win national championships, Ivy championships, all that stuff. And uh, it's just for us been you know in in you know, the, the past year and a half, something that we found success in just providing a, a solid structure for them in terms of all, our culture. And then, like I said, our leaders just kind of rise to the top in that, right? Again, the guys who are uh, just consistently focused, consistently intense and uh, not missing beats there. And uh, those, those guys just are really following their instincts and, and operating within the structure that we give them. Yeah, it's great. Obviously, um, I'd like to hit on a couple of things you, you mentioned. Um, but obviously, Cornell is an institution that in, inherently you're going to get a certain type of individual. Um, 
the academic rigor in and of itself uh, weeds out some people who, who may or may not be able to um, accomplish schoolwork as well as lacrosse. Uh, you know, it's not a not a glamorous location similar to West Point. Um, you know, pretty pretty cold ninety percent of the year, a lot of snow. Um, so, kind of what your culture, like you were saying, there these are guys that want structure that their whole life has been structured and are inherently self-disciplined. Um, so you have some of that built into your culture already, just, just by the nature of the institution. Um, but you had said that the, the culture you guys have now is something that, that you and the coaching staff had been involved in, in kind of inventing that culture. Was there anything or were there any things specifically that you guys did to, to build or invent this culture, whether it be, you know, preseason meetings, sit down with the staff, hey, what kind of culture do we want to have? Or specific workshops that you guys worked with the team and the guys on the team to kind of reinforce that? Or was it something that was more natural? Yeah, so for us, I mean, we, again, we're, we're really lucky to, to have the background that we do at Cornell and, and history of success. But for a little while there, we thought that, I mean, we got away from who we were and we struggled a couple of years. And as a staff sat down and just kind of got back to the basics of who we wanted to be. And we wanted to be a group that was uh, you know, proud to, proud to represent Cornell. And for us uh, as a staff, we just kind of banged our heads together and came up with, you know, a little bit more than what I just explained, but I think that's, that's a pretty simple gist of it. It's not, uh, it's, you know, it's not rocket scientists We're rocket science. We're not reinventing the wheel or anything here. It's just, you know, finding a way to work hard, be a good teammate and hold yourself accountable. But uh, for us, in terms of instituting it with the team, it's a handful of preseason meetings of laying that out. And you know, when I say, for, you know, define our culture and provide structure, it, you know, probably even a little bit ad nauseum for our guys is, is talking about it, explaining it, revisiting it. Are we doing well with this? What are we not doing well? Uh, why are we not doing it well? And, and just having genuine conversation. Uh, and it might seem uh, maybe from, you know, initial first outside view that uh, it's a little bit robotic or maybe a little Ivy League nerdy, you could you could say. But uh, it's it's honestly just genuine conversation that we have with our group, and we're lucky enough to have a great relationship with the team. Uh, and you know, obviously, Coach Millman gets the credit for that, but it just really comes through genuine conversation. Uh, yeah, there's some team meetings, there's some meetings with captains, and things that uh, things that we're able to do a little bit behind the scenes, and you know, in terms of meeting with a certain leadership group. But uh, really, it just comes down to building relationships with our group as a whole. And, you know, if we want to do that with the whole group in there, if we want to break it down and kind of part whole and uh, get smaller groups, but really it just comes down to that genuine connection, uh, the ability to uh, lean on our relationship with our team uh, as a whole has been you know, pretty important for us. Yeah, I think that communication piece is, is really, really important. And like you said, maybe at times or when you guys first started out, and decided you need to make a change that those conversations can feel a little bit forced or a little bit robotic, but the more that you're able to be authentic as a coaching staff and your leaders are be able, are able to be authentic to the underclassmen, the more natural those become and the more just ingrained in your culture and everyday activity. And like you said, just, it, it's just very natural comes out in your conversations. The, the same thing was very true at West Point with coach, coach Abrisi, you know, from day one, um, the more that you just talk about it, the more it becomes ingrained. And then again, just the more it's talked about and it, it just is able to, to kind of beget the same leaders that you've churned out year after year. So, yeah, and for, sorry, I don't, I don't mean to cut you yeah, off. No, go ahead, go ahead. For us, we uh, found that it's been really helpful to just give the team and most specifically the leaders a, a consistent chance to speak. Uh, these guys are, you know, 
still 18, 19, 20 to 21 years old. They're, they're still learning and growing as communicators and as teammates and as leaders. And not to say we still aren't as a staff. I mean, we, we all, we're all still growing up and learning in our own way and maturing, but giving these guys the chance to do it consistently. Cause like I said, they're motivated guys. They, they want to be not only the best players they can be, but leaders and especially our captains who, like I said, are our most intense and competitive guys. They're, you know, if, if they feel like they might've missed the ball addressing the team or, or missed the chance to, um, to positively influence the group as well as they could have, they, you know, they want that next chance. Uh, they want the chance to consistently communicate and uh, just make it constant. And, and again, both staff to team, staff to captains, captains to team, all, all that stuff. We we just want to give them a consistent chance to do it. Uh, so it can't just be one meeting, right? It can't just be talking about an idea and then letting it fizzle and disappear for a while. It's got to be consistent, um, you know, held accountable to the ideas and, and things that we talk about, put them to action. Um, so they're not just ideas, right? Find a way to make uh, make our, our culture actionable and make sure that they live it day in and day out. And uh, I think that's somewhere where, where we've had success. We've had the ability to, you know, we're really lucky to have some really impressive captains and leaders around this team and even leaders who aren't captains. Uh, and that's something that even just in terms of feedback from the team that they really appreciate uh, just the consistent chance to, to be able to speak and address the team. And like I said, you know, just like you said too, in your experience at West Point, just, just having that opportunity to do it, you know, maybe not once a month, but a couple of times a month or, or whatever, whatever you view as consistent and uh, repetitive. It's, it's great. Yeah, I think it's really important. It kind of it goes in line with with one of our tenets of leadership at the captain's coach that that leadership is a form of self-expression and expression. And in order to empower your captains and your leaders to do that, you have to give them the opportunity to express themselves uh, to the team and, and to yourself as a as a coaching staff. Um, and, and that communication, that expression flows every direction and up and down the chain. So. I think you guys have a good way uh, of doing that there. So just outside of those fundamental values and principles, um, the work ethic, the holding yourselves accountable, super intense all the time. Is is there anything else as a staff or organization that you all do to systematically train or develop your leaders or captains? Yeah, there's a handful of things that we do that maybe are outside of lacrosse, if that's what you're looking for. we, we have, I guess you call it a leadership group or, or what, whatever you might call that. Uh, it's kind of, we just look at it as a cross section of our team and we've got 50 guys on our team and uh, as great as it is to rely on our seniors and to rely on you know, our captains who this year is from you know, four guys, uh, it just kind of seems to be where, where we usually fall. Um, you know, four may not give you the best view all the time at a full 50, right? Especially if all of your captains are seniors or all your captains are guys who are on the field or all of your captains are, you know, it may just not give you a full, full view of the team and obviously those are the guys who you trust and um, you know we, we definitely trust ours but uh, just giving other guys the opportunity to speak as well is something that we found value in it allows them to develop as as leaders it allows them to you know be heard it's something that we really uh, stress that you know the guys as a class stay close and uh, anytime that we are about you know are going to meet with that leadership group we give them a heads up and say hey you know air it out if you guys have any issues make sure you tell the guys who are going to be representing your class come to come to the group and uh and, and express it right there's things that like like we talked about before uh and, and you said it leadership is, is self-expression i think is how you put it uh, those guys have to feel comfortable um, talking about you know what what they want or, or what you know the team they team they want to be the teammate they want to be the the group they want to be and uh it's not necessarily complaining i mean that's obviously something that you know no team can really survive with but just the maturity to be able to communicate properly, the maturity to be able to 
uh, take in your ideas, see how it fits within the group, and then you know mold what you need to do to find your role. Uh, it's something that you know, again, that, that, that's one that we've uh, we've had success with. It's just giving other guys a chance to lead to because. Uh, like we talked about before, your captains get that consistent chance to speak. They get the chance to, to address the team before workouts, after workouts, you know, practice, all that stuff. They, they, they have the floor quite often and just giving other guys a chance to do that too. And uh, outside of that, we, we just really focus on you know, doing our best as a staff to facilitate uh, our group's ability to, to build their relationships, right? If, you know, if we're doing a handful of team activities that aren't lacrosse, whether it's uh, you know, meeting as a team, talk, you know, again, just talking about our culture, talking about, you know, where we are, if we're revisiting how we're doing uh, compared to what we want to be is, you know, are, are we being the team we want to be right now? Uh, how do we get there? How do we close that gap? Um, whether it's, you know, talking about, you know, a book or a quote or something and how, how do we relate it to our culture? Just, just things that uh, we get our guys thinking uh, maybe on the more emotional side and just getting them comfortable around each other. Cause again, these are, these are 18 to 22 year old guys who um, if I, if I told you, that we were forcing 18 to 22 year old guys to talk about their, their feelings on culture and their feelings on each other and, and teammates, you might laugh, but uh, it forces them to get outside their comfort zone a little bit. And it's something that, uh, again, we've just found success with and, you know, kind of builds the bonds of our group. I mean, if you can be comfortable around those guys talking about something that maybe other people aren't or aren't willing to do, uh, it just gives you a chance to, to build that bond. And you know, obviously that's, again, pretty solid strategy to win if you're going to be a tighter knit group than the other team you know, across the field. Yeah, I love that. Actually, that the idea of it, it sounds like a leadership group doesn't sound like you guys have a specific name for it, but somewhat of a leadership council where you guys have people from every class representing the team. And I think that's super important uh, to keep teams from becoming too clicky. I, I know I've been around some teams and talked to some of my friends that have played on other teams in the country and that it sounds like from their experience, the seniors maybe didn't talk to the sophomores. No one really interacted with the freshmen. Um, I was lucky enough to not have that. West Point kind of inherently doesn't really let that happen. But um, it sounds like you guys are doing a great job attacking that as a program. And I think that's something great that is super simple um, that, that any program or any coach could really institute at the high school or college level for sure. Definitely. Giving your freshmen and your sophomores a voice. And like you said, just – giving them the opportunity year after year to express themselves, express their, their peers needs, uh, give them the ability to influence the team, not only as an individual, but be able to influence the team as a group, as, as a whole group. Cause it's super important um, in avoiding any kind of internal team conflict. You know, sometimes the seniors or the juniors, they come up with a team policy and the, the freshmen and sophomores don't understand it. And then it just becomes a source of, of antagonism inside the team. So if you're able to have those, those groups and everyone's able to flesh out those problems, like you said, it's not, not so much complaining as it is everyone putting their thoughts and their feelings on the table um, and being able to, to talk out why decisions are being made or where we're taking the team in which direction. So I think that's a great one. Um, like I said, super simple. If that's something that a program thinks they need to do easy enough, just a leadership council with, like you said, a cross section of the team. Um, but yeah, that's, that's that, like said, we're just, just pretty lucky. I mean, even in my time as a player at Cornell, it's just kind of always been there. And uh, there's times where it was maybe used better than others, but I think the, the most important piece is, you know, everybody knowing in there that we've got the same goals in mind, we're all on the same page. And, and even if somebody's liking something we're doing here, uh, this guy thinks that we need, you know, we could be doing more there. We've all got the same goals in mind, and it requires a, a certain level of maturity to find a way to, you know, to 
close that gap between again where we are where we want to be and, and again if that whole group is is on the same page of, of where we want to be it, it becomes a lot you know a lot simpler and again just requires some maturity yeah i think that your main point there being those become super effective and and kind of just even more effective those small group meetings and people talking but you need to have the base of everyone understanding the culture and having a buy-in and, and everyone understanding you have the same goals and everyone agreeing on those things before you can even move on from there. So just outside of, you know, the, those leadership meetings, the, the councils, the, the representation across the board, uh, was there, were there any other things behind the scenes on or off the field that you think really promoted leadership development or team cohesion? Uh, it's really just, uh, honestly, all I, I hate to sound repetitive, but uh, through, you know, through our team culture, we spend a handful of time, especially in the fall, just with the limited amount of lacrosse that we can play, um, just building that. And again, getting our guys spending time around each other, focusing on uh, who, who we really want to be. The more, more the guys care about it, the more time they spend thinking about it, uh, the more the expectations for the, for the group, you know, raise it. It's just really, we, we found that, and we're really lucky. Like the guys we coach are very motivated and, and again, want that structure. They want the ability and, you know, they, they want to find a way to improve. And as coaches, we just got to show them the path. Uh, again, it, it really stems back to the people we have on our team and our strategy of just trying to win in the locker room first because, uh, again, we, we joke around that you, know, you, you know the sport, you know the game. Big, fast guys who could shoot the ball or, or play, you know, play good one-on-one defense are, are definitely going to win you some games, but a culture that you can lean on uh, we'll, we'll win you games consistently and win you championships. So uh, for us, again, we're, we're lucky. It's just kind of how, it, how it's been here, and uh, we're just picking up the torch now. That's great. Um, specifically, your, your captains, how, how did you guys select your captains in the past? Uh, how many do you typically have, and do you think that is effective in what you guys are trying to do? Uh, I don't think we have anything, you know, groundbreaking there. I mean, most teams probably do some sort of team vote, and then the coaches yeah. review it. Uh, and do something like that. that. That's how we've done it. I think in the past, uh, it's been actually really valuable for us to get, or specifically last year, actually, we had, we had a great senior class that graduated in uh, 2018, guys that we really were confident, uh, kind of shared those values of, of the team and uh, top to bottom, right? We had some great players in that class. We had some guys who weren't great players, but were truly devoted to being great teammates. And uh, it was really always valuable to get uh, their insight on, you know, who they wanted to leave the program with the year after that. But um, in terms of how many captains we have right now, we have four last year we did two. That's just a number that I guess, uh, it's been kind of home for us, but I've been a part of teams that have had as few as one captain as you know, as many as five, uh, and then, you know, everywhere in between. So uh, I think it really just lends itself to the group you have. Uh, I think something that's really important there is diversity and just making sure that you have some different type of leaders, guys who might be you know, a little more in your face, guys who might be a little more on the emotional side who are pretty intelligent when it comes to that stuff. And uh, just, just diversity there is something that always pops into my mind, just getting different people. Uh, obviously, again, it boils down to that ability to be really, you know, an intense competitive teammate uh, and someone who, again, is intensely uh, fulfilling the roles that you, uh, that your culture, you know, outlines them to, to do. Uh, but it's just kind of where, where we've had success again, you know, finding a diverse group, different personalities, you know, one guy may be a joker, one, one guy may be pretty serious, but they level each other off. And, uh, you know, at that point, usually those guys are pretty mature and able to handle those differences as well. Yeah. I think that's, the, that's really important. Definitely the, the variety 
in the personalities and the roles they fill. And I don't think ever at my time at school was where all three of them kind of fill in the same role. We had three all through my four years, but there was always, you know, the on the field guy, um, maybe one or two on the field guys. One was more vocal. One was more just lead by example. And then there was always the, the off the field kind of glue guy. And then I, I like how, you know, in the past you said you've had different numbers. Um, my cousin Mary Swarth out on the last episode, she had said that her coaches had changed it up year to year. I think it's, it's important to have that flexibility because some years you might have a big senior class um, where, you know, you only might pick a couple, but, you know, there might be another year where you only have three or four seniors on the team and you, you feel it's important to have all three or four of those, those individuals as captains. So I think it's important to, to have the variety and also have the ability not to be too rigid in, in your number of captains and how many roles you want those guys to fill. So I think that's really important. Yeah, definitely. It's, you know, you can't be cookie cutter when it comes to things like that. There's just too much gray area when it comes to, you know, the emotional intelligence is something that you know, I, we'll, we'll talk about in a bit, I'm sure, when, when we get uh, get going forward. But uh, that, that's probably the, the number one criteria for what we're looking for, just guys who are able to assess the group, see what's going on, and, uh, and act on it, you know, instinctively and, and proactively. So if you've got, if you've got, you know, more than one guy that's good at that, why not, uh, why not give the floor to, to more people if, you know, if you think they'll be successful? Mm-hmm. So, so once you, your captains have been chosen or once you were chosen as a captain, for example, was there anything that your coach did uh, specifically in terms of developing the captains or, or personally mentoring um, you as a captain or some of the captains in the past? Um, so right now as a, as a coach, it's pretty unique. And I'm speaking for both myself and, and our other assistant coach, Connor Busick. Uh, we were both captains under our, our current head coach who uh, obviously we work for now but in our time as players uh, we were playing for he's a guy who really is you know obviously you know had a, had a big role in, in honestly our, our, our choice to coach uh, but our development as young men uh, from our time at Cornell to now and obviously still still growing up but uh, just really great at you know developing that personal connection giving you the opportunity to, to know uh, that you know, your your values there. So you know, someone who it definitely you know, communicates this to the whole team, and it's something that we really uh, put a lot of put a lot of effort into. But just making sure that everybody knows that they've got a, a right and a role uh, to contribute to our team's collective focus and intensity, right? Because that you know that's something that we boil it down to stuff that that wins you games, right? If you can stay focused, if you can stay intense, uh, that that'll that'll win you games, right? Consistently, it's something that again doesn't involve talent your focus and intensity has you know no view into your talent level but uh just the ability to develop that personal connection with the captains uh was something that was great as a player just honestly, knowing that your voice is being heard and knowing that uh the, the trust is there knowing that uh your instincts are, are right right and whether whether you're right right or wrong uh, as a captain or, or even as an assistant coach now he's shown the ability to to back us up and you know kind of almost sometimes blindly just uh, say he agrees with us, you know, right or wrong. Uh, it just builds that trust and builds that, that personal connection. So that connection's built uh, just like any relationship. You know, it, it's one day at a time. It, you're not going to close your eyes and open them and that relationship's not going to be built. Uh, it's through sporadic meetings. Sometimes it's getting chewed out and handling it like an adult. Sometimes it's getting pat on, you know, pat on the back, but uh, really just demanding that consistency and, and composure 
in how you handle the group and, and how you address and assess situations. So I'd say, on, if anything, uh, that, that composure is a piece that uh, you know, Pete's done a great job as an assistant coach of instilling in both myself and, and Connor just you know, constantly being a composed presence and showing that you've got the ability to handle adversity. Uh, that's what we're trying to teach our guys to do. Obviously we've got to be, you know, be a model of that. So, you know, again, sporadic meetings with captains, you know, addressing problems before they happen is something that, again, I think we'll talk about in a bit is just being a proactive leader as opposed to rea a reactive leader. Uh, I think that phrase in itself is, is kind of self-explanatory, but having the emotional intelligence to, to sense changes in, in the team or the environment, whether it's uh, the group or the individual, or, you know, maybe you, uh, maybe you guys have a change in schedule and it throws off routine and you gotta, you gotta you know, nip it in the bud as a captain before things go wrong. But uh, I think it's just, you know, having that great connection. And like, like we talked about before, going back to the consistency of that, right. Not just having one meeting a month where, uh, every now and then you might get to voice your opinion, but giving them that second chance, right? Maybe maybe they didn't do a great job communicating with the group and getting their message across and, and you want to give them another shot, right? Well, give them that next shot soon. Uh, you know, don't don't make them wait for it, especially if there's someone you trust and someone that you feel like, you know, your your team, uh, your team performance is in their hands. You know, give them that next shot soon, be consistent with it, be, uh, be constant with it. And, you know, again, both in, in my time as a captain specifically, I can, I can remember a handful of times where it might have been good, it might have been bad, but that next at bat's coming pretty quick. You better make sure that you're ready for it and can't dwell too much on a past mistake. Stay composed and go at the next one. Yeah, I think there's a lot to take away from from everything you just put out there, Jordan. Um, one of the biggest things is you talked a lot about keeping your composure um, and being able to handle adversity as a captain and obviously as a coach for yourself now. Um, understanding that that you are an example for your teammates and those around you and another one of the tenets that we preach is everything rises and falls with leadership so if you're the guy as a captain that's going off the wall not not being poised showing way too much emotion and, and not really having that emotional intelligence for how you're affecting those around you the team's going to feel it and you're going to see it in, in mm -hmm. its performance um so I think yeah, I don't say that that raw emotion is bad. I mean, sometimes that's the right move. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes it is. Sometimes that intensity is needed, but uh, the the composure and ability to to go after a situation with a level head is important, especially now. I mean, as an as an adult, as someone who who obviously is you know my role is to, to educate and uh, and to hopefully have an impact on on the guys on the team. And you know, I don't want to speak like I'm I'm perfect at it yet. It's it's a work in progress. And I'd say even uh, as a young coach, something that I definitely need to work on, but. Uh, you know, when I first started a couple of years ago, that was something that was probably a weakness and you know, something that I'm, I'm hoping to continue to address. Uh, but, you know, it just comes with growing up, like I talked about before. I mean, guys in the team are, uh, are, are still, still young men at the time when they're, when they're in college. So uh, they're going to make mistakes. That's okay. And anyone who thinks that they're fully mature or thinks that they're all the way there from a leadership perspective is just missing the boat to get a little bit better anyway. So uh, everybody's got a, you know, a little chance to learn and improve. Yeah, for sure. And, and just to go back uh, to what you're saying earlier, giving, giving your guys an opportunity right after they may make a mistake or maybe didn't hit, hit the measure that you wanted them to hit. I think it's super important. Um, again, especially when you're dealing with 18 to 21 year olds at that, at that college level, it, it, it's asking them a lot. If, if you take that away from them, you know, the effect that they can have on their, their confidence or their performance moving forward. But if you're able to, to give them another opportunity right away, and they're able to succeed as that second chance, like that that last mistake or that last hiccup, you know, that's right out the window. But the longer you wait mm -hmm. to give them a second chance, the longer you're giving them to dwell on it 
and start to question, you know, what did I do wrong? Um, must've been a huge screw up. I'm not really getting a second chance here. You lost faith in me. Um, so just being able to, to keep that faith and have your confidence in your leaders, you know, they're, they're the captain and the leaders of your team for a reason. So I think that, that's a, a good mentality to have. Uh, for sure, as, as, as a balance as a coach too. I mean, sometimes it's a kick in the butt, sometimes it's a pat on the back. That's yeah, just exactly. kind of how it works. But uh, that's you can only make that decision uh, in the right way for your team if you have that personal connection. If you've spent the time as a group to to get to know each other, to know what makes that you know specific individual or that you know group tick. Um, so that's again just boils down to to that culture. If you define it, if you talk about it, if you're held accountable to it you'll get to know each other better. Uh, the right people will rise to the top, or I don't want to say the right people, but uh, the guys with, with the right instincts, the guys with the right intensity and competitiveness uh, will rise to the top. Of Thanks for listening to the Captain's Coach Podcast with Luke Poulos. If you liked what you just heard, please give us a five-star review on iTunes and check out our website at captainscoach.com. Join us next time for another edition of the Captain's Coach Podcast.